1: Hello and welcome to Netflix. And this week we're smashing it out of the park with not one, not two, but three epic episodes for you. Consider it our crowning glory. That's right, because we're celebrating the release of The Crown season three, which will drop on Netflix this Sunday. We have everything you will possibly want to know about the new series, so stay tuned for our all important review. Kinkle, the only person you're gonna scare is
0: yourself. Charlie? What are you oh, doing? Please. Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Maze.
1: Nice. Just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Sign the word you're going to hurt yourself. Or someone else. Oh. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? So hello, my name's Helen Daly. I'm the host of Netflix, and I'm here with Neela Debner, hey yeah, and Charlotte Manning. Hello. So we're all excited for the Crown, right? Yes, yes we, we are. <laughs> yes, I mean we've all seen it, but we're all, all still excited. It. Yeah. Mm. Um, so obviously we're picking it up at season three, and it's been all change, I guess, this time around. Changing of the Gods.
0: Well done! <laughs> right. Right, there we go. This is the
1: level we're at. <laughs> <laughs> we're I'm Yep, yes we are. And um, yeah, so we thought we'd start with a little bit of a recap of season one and two because I don't know about you guys, but. I just, you know, rewatched it all and I just forgot everything that had yeah. happened and everything
0: that you kind of need to know about.
2: Yeah. It seems so long ago. It came out in 2017 as well. So it's like...
1: 2017. Yeah. That was season
0: two. When did season yeah. one, I think, came out? Was it 2016? Yeah. 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 And
1: it's just grown into something like enormous now. Yeah. It's yeah. such a large scale. It's great. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> so Charlotte, difficult the one for you, but can yes. you sum up season one for us? Um, oh God. So much <laughs> yes. happened in season one.
2: So... You know um obviously the main focus is we see um elizabeth go from sort of the princess to the queen that's like that transition's really focused on and then um she has to deal with her relationship with her sister which obviously goes quite south when she has the affair with peter peter townsend thank you um Yeah and then we deal with um, the Queen's relationship with Churchill, Um, obviously a lot of his um, ministers are trying to oust him so that's quite a a key theme of this series and then we see Anthony Eden step in as PM and then towards the end of the series there's the um, Suez crisis which goes into season two and we also look at um, the Queen and her husband's relationship as well as she deals with being queen and prince philip doesn't seem
1: to always like her being on top (laughs) Mm. and we start with a really like pivotal moment i guess for not only the crown but history in general Mm. and the death of george the sixth
2: yeah so obviously um they find out that he's died while they're on tour in kenya so it's quite a shock for the queen to have to suddenly deal with becoming queen she's not really prepared for that she's only in her mid-20s she's very, very young, young very yeah.
1: inexperienced and all of a sudden she's, she's queen now
2: yeah she's being thrust in this position which she hasn't really had any time to prepare for obviously she's started to have more responsibility um because the king knows he's ill he knows he's going to die um and she has that responsibility she's on a commonwealth tour but she hasn't really had any sort of experience in training to be the queen i suppose like she's I think a lot of people forget how young she was when she became queen. So,
1: yeah, and we see her coronation as well, which mm. you know it was a big television moment anyway. And it yeah. Just, yeah, was it, was it the lovely. first televised one? I believe so. I think yeah, so. yeah, it was. Um, Loads of people bought television sets yeah, just for this. If my Doctor Who knowledge, <laughs> <be right. laughs> uh, yeah, I,
2: I, um, there was the whole thing of like people having street parties, and people would go. There'd be like 10, 20 people in one house watching a coronation. So. It was such a big event, like,
1: in history. Yeah. It's really nice to see it kind of brought to life in The Crown in in such a realistic way, I guess. Yeah,
2: I think, especially, like, with all the costumes as well, like, she looks incredibly, like, goddess-like. Like, Like it's, like, do you know what I mean? Very, yeah, very regal. Very regal, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love it. And, um, obviously a, a big kind of character in history, and you kind of have to tie history and The Crown together, is Winston Churchill.
2: Yes. So, um season one looks a lot at so obviously Churchill comes back he um post-war he was kind of like a war hero but then doesn't get re-elected after the war so he comes back in the 50s um a lot of his ministers seem to distance themselves from him there's obviously a lot of tension there they want someone younger they want someone who's more I guess I don't really know I think they Churchill's kind of coming up to 80 he's very old he's kind of got like old ideas and a lot of it seems to be the fact he is this war hero and they're, he's trying to cling on to that. But
1: he's the old British bulldog, it, yeah. isn't
2: he? Um, so obviously, I think it's more trying to go into a modern Britain and they want like a younger, new leader. So that's something
1: that's dealt with a lot in the first episode. Mm. Yeah, and um, we can't mention the Crown season one without mentioning the dynamics between the Queen and her sister, Princess Margaret. Um, obviously played by Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby. Yes. Um, um, Princess Margaret's amazing, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I love their portrayal on screen. I think like Vanessa Kirby
2: is amazing. Like, I just love the character so much. Um, I think she's really interesting because obviously you see she's quite rebellious. She, she likes the thing of having all this power and all this privilege, but she doesn't really want the responsibility that comes with it. Um, you kind of see that she doesn't, especially with her relationship, with um pete townsend like um she obviously he's a divorcee that's kind of not the the protocol um so there's that real struggle between the queen obviously wants to be there for her sister but she doesn't want to sort of break her you know protocol and it's it's really difficult i think to see them kind of lose that connection because the queen kind of has to put her role first rather than her relationship with her
1: sister. So it's, it's yeah. quite hard to watch really. It's really interesting as yeah. well, because they kind of in the series, you know, they portray it as a kind of competitiveness on Margaret's side. Mm. Um, she is obviously the more confident one and she kind of believes that she would have been the better leader almost. And I think that's something that really continues, especially in season three, which we'll come to in a little yeah. bit. But um, yeah, I think the dynamics between them work really well and um you know another dynamic that is extremely exciting is Prince Philip and the Queen obviously Prince Philip played by my one true love Matt Matt Smith Smith. (laughs) we love Matt Smith we do
2: (laughs) I I think Matt Smith was incredible as Prince Philip like I didn't like him so much before I mean I watched him in Doctor Who I wasn't especially keen on him in Doctor Who I think I was very much like David Tennant you know I love David Tennant but um I think in The Crown I was like this is he's so good like because you you don't like his character at all like you but you also do want to like him because there's something really interesting about his character Mm. like there's definitely that there um but obviously the queen becomes kind of more powerful than philip and he doesn't like it he can't deal with it he wants to be the man in the relationship
1: but the queen obviously is the queen so (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean neila that just the, the dynamics between Claire Foy and Matt Smith in season one and two are just
0: it's beautiful. It's yeah. serious. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel I feel really sorry for kind of, you kind of see the Queen's character. It's always a power struggle, whether it's with Margaret, whether it's with Philip. She can never win as a sister, as a wife, as a woman. And it's just, it's fascinating to watch them as kind of characters. And you get that sense of it. And that's what I like about it, that it doesn't feel like you're watching documentary per se that you're watching like a drama and you're getting into the characters I totally agree I think there's like a lot
2: of moments in it where you can see Philip really struggle with the thing like um his children can't take his surname um there's like this line I got that's like he says am I to be the only man in this country whose wife and children won't take my surname so it's like he really struggles with that and you see he gets angry and he kind of has to deal with the fact that he's never going to be
1: as above his wife because of her position his so. role as a man yeah. is completely flipped yeah and it's yeah. because of she's the queen she's not an ordinary woman
0: I just feel sorry for her because there's nothing she can do no it's not it's, it's not, not her fault yeah, yeah she doesn't she like doesn't
1: want to like she's more than happy for him to be like the head of the household and stuff but yeah. she's the head of the country yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different a little bit different <laughs> and um you do see quite a lot of tension between them obviously um mm. a lot has been made of the kind of infidelity rumors um yeah yeah throughout
2: yeah so it's kind of obviously kind of shown in the show that there is definitely that tension there um because towards the end of season one you see the queen like i don't think she really knows what to do she's kind of hearing all this stuff and um so she sends philip away to australia um for the olympic games and he kind of i think he kind of knows he's in trouble (laughs) um but I think obviously nothing explicit is ever said, but you can the show obviously suggests things and you know, viewers can make up their own minds about what they think's gone on, but it, it's
1: definitely a thing to address, like. Yeah. And I mean yeah. obviously it is a drama, you know, mm. we can't tell what is true no. and what is false, but it is certainly exciting dramatic scene. Yeah, yeah. Very dramatic scene. <laughs> definitely. Um so that obviously leads us quite nicely into season two. Um Philip heads out on tour. So he takes a tour around Australia and the Antarctic, and the trip kind of comes at that make and break point um, yeah. for Philip and the Queen. They're having, you know, really difficult discussions, yeah. where they don't really know kind of where the future lies for them. And um, you know, you get really interesting dynamics between them. You have the Queen is left at home with the kids, and she's getting little snippets of information back, mm. and she's constantly thinking, you know, what's Philip doing? What's Philip doing? Mm. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's having a great time. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, you know, he's dancing with the penguin. (laughs) (laughs) He's having a lovely time. Um, So I thought that was a really interesting way to start the season, actually, have them completely apart. Yeah, I think, obviously, because
2: the tension built right up at the end of season one. So
1: you see them really kind of
2: almost in conflict with each other. So to have them apart and see their own kind of views on what's going on, maybe kind of like different point of view, it's really interesting. Like it really, I think it helps kind of learn more about each character as well and what they're feeling. So I think that was a really good thing to do.
1: Yeah, the queen, I think really, she comes into her own at this point Mm. um, because she kind of doesn't have that, you know, support from Philip while he's away because, you know, she just can't communicate with him. (laughs) You know, you have that scene where it's very difficult for her to talk to him. Um, And I think this is, for me, this was like the turning point where she really started to become the kind of queen that we know and love today, the really strong leader um, who makes up her own mind, I think. Yeah. It really happens in season two. And um, another kind of thing that really kind of crosses between seasons one and two um, is the Suez crisis, as you've mentioned. You know, we have... Um, Anthony Eden, who's trying to deal with it, and the Queen's trying to deal with him dealing with it. And his health as well. <laughs> and yeah. his health. And it's a very, very complex scene. And if you're not really aware of the Suez crisis, you're just kind of watching, yeah. thinking, what was going on here? But I think that's kind of the point. Like, what I was going so. on I think, yeah, maybe that is it. Because I think, if you actually look back at
2: it, it was very complicated. I don't think anyone yeah. really knew what was going on. Um, and obviously, you mentioned Anthony Eden's health. You see in, like, season one as well. Like, we don't really know what he's dealing with, but he... Yeah. He has this whole thing at Winston Churchill, oh, you're not healthy, you're old, you know, like there's a whole thing about ill health and he's clearly struggling with his health as well, so. They're just
1: keeping like this litany of illnesses under the radar so (laughs)
0: no one knows what's going on. Yeah, they're all being very
1: stoic and then they all end up having to go to the Queen and be like, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Not very well. Yeah, I'm going to take some time off, like whatever.
0: And so I guess what about, um, we have more of kind of, Philip as well, when he comes back and you've got kind of more kind of assertions of things going on that aren't quite right.
1: Yeah. So um, the probably one of the best things about um, kind of modern Britain is the Profumo scandal. I'm obsessed with it. And <laughs> obviously they're making a documentary yeah. a drama for the BBC, which is going to be really tr- exciting. Was
0: it The Trial of Christine Keeler? Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, very basically, um, there was a sexual relationship between secretary for state of war, John Profumo and model Christine Keeler. And it threw the government into chaos because there was a whole kind of allegation of spying and a a lot, Mm. a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) one man took his own life as a result of being wrapped up with it. Very, very huge scandal. And the drama in the crown comes from, um, their suggestion that, uh, prince philip was somehow involved as a mystery man mm. it's never really made explicit and um it's been constantly denied by you know buckingham palace in real life um however it is an interesting kind of dramatic situation because here in the series you have the queen and prince philip's already tense relationship made a little bit more tense and they kind of have a showdown about it where she eventually just has to say to him were you there yeah and he says no no absolutely not and with Matt Smith's performance you never know yeah <laughs> you really never know he doesn't give anything away and that's you know to his credit it's incredible but um yeah it's definitely one of the more exciting episodes of the season yeah. I would say <laughs> it's a really really exciting one
0: He does there is definitely a play on their relationship and in the show they're kind of like oh we kind of let kind of look the other way when things happen and an interesting thing of because they never in the show they never want to get divorced so it kind of there is a deep love there like it's yeah. it's very clear they yeah. have a complex relationship though. Yeah. yeah very
1: very complex mm. and it's probably complicated by the the crown and the title yeah um, but it's it makes for interesting drama certainly drama. <laughs> <Very interesting laughs> <Yeah. job. laughs>
0: So I guess it kind of um, the Profumo scandal is mentioned at the start of kind of season three. And again, the whole idea of the kind of mystery man and stuff. And I guess um, so this season, it's going to be covering the period of 1964 to 1977. And it's really dense again. Um, So over, yeah, over 10 hours, expect lots of drama and lots of things to happen. Um, But it's really interesting because You've got a new cast this season, but you have all these kind of like, parallels to previous seasons mm-hmm. and kind of you've got stuff mirroring other things, which I think is brilliant on Peter Morgan's part. So there's a lot of symmetry this season um, if you kind of look out for it. So I guess in terms of the um, the events that they're going to be covering, there's going to be the Cambridge Spying scandal. So that's where it kind of all kicks off. So I didn't really know too much
1: about this, mm. and I found myself. Obviously, we will say spoiler alert if you yeah. don't want yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know the history. <laughs> <Don't listen. laughs> um, yeah, no. So um, I found myself googling this one. Actually, tell us yeah. a bit about
0: it. So basically, there were um, these men were kind of revealed to have been kind of Soviet spies working for the Russians during World War II up until the early 1950s, and it was only just kind of exposed. Now and so you had um the one that's explored in the crown, again, spoiler, um Anthony Blunt, who's kind of unmasked as this kind of Russian operative, and he also just happens to be the surveyor of the Queen's pictures at Buckingham Palace.
2: Great. Just so happens. Yeah, just so <laughs> happens.
0: So there's this whole kind of in the show there's this whole kind of cover up and the Queen's like fuming about it, but they kind of just have to accept it because it looked really bad on like the queen and the royal family for help. how could this happen within their doors kind of thing so i i'm really kind of i wanted to know more about it basically but that's kind of the gist of that so yeah. and it's a really great way to start the season like yeah. properly
1: meaty <laughs> political <laughs> straight <drama. in> there. <laughs> yeah and the queen's faced with like a huge decision it's yeah do you get rid of this guy and expose everything to the public because obviously the media would get hold of it yeah straight away away. or do
0: you keep it hidden I think I think we can see stuff coming out later on about that I don't think that's gonna kind of stay underground we kind of know from history that it'll all be exposed so we can maybe expect (laughs) that from season four (laughs) and um,
1: one of the really exciting episodes I personally thought was um Princess Margaret's visit abroad
0: Mm, yeah I love that so that was in 1965 so um, basically um, Margaret and Lord Snowden played by Ben Daniels are kind of on this kind of um, informal American tour at when the queen is like, I need you to do me a favor. And then it's kind of Margaret's time to kind of step up. And so she has to go to the white house and meet with president Lyndon B. Johnson and try and secure a deal for the IMF to bail out Britain, basically, because they're heavily in debt and it's just kind of about that. And it's, so interesting because it's her time to shine and this whole kind of rivalry it's continuing and this is what this is her moment and um she does deal with it in an interesting way um as you were saying like the whole kind of she wants the power and stuff but she's yeah. so reckless with yeah. it she wants the popularity mm. as well
2: and I think that's really interesting like she's clearly you like, she's clearly popular with the Americans, mm. which, I mean, the Americans love the royal family
1: today, don't they? Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably because of partly yeah. <laughs> because of her experience there, but it comes so naturally to her. Mm. She's such a people person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But apparently she did also fall out with people. So I feel like we don't see enough of that. We just mm. kind of see the, the raucous fun, the kind of limericks, the drinking contests, all of those kind of things, even her like singing and stuff, which is just... So in contrast with the Queen, yeah I That, I
1: think, was one of my favourite episodes, actually, of season three. Mm. And it was for, literally for one scene where um, the Queen says to Margaret, she asks her to go and do this favour for her. And um, Margaret says, no, I'm going to go to New York. Um, it's Anthony's book um, his- launch. Yeah. And she says I'm not asking as your sister anymore I'm asking as your queen and I was like oh oh, (laughs) if you could pull the queen card you would pull the queen card so hard (laughs) every day that's amazing though and um you know it also this series does have its incredible Mm. highs like these parties but it also does have incredible heartbreaking scenes
0: yeah so the kind of Uh, episode three i think is going to be one of the most poignant ones um so it covers the Aberfan disaster of 1966 which basically saw a towering mountain of waste from a colliery basically collapse on a welsh mining village because of excessive rain and it was just heartbreaking because the local junior school, Pant Glass Junior School, was hit the hardest when it was just completely engulfed in this slurry. And a total of 144 people were killed and 116 of these were children. And it's just, it is so hard to watch. And, and in the series, you'll see kind of how the Queen responds to it and how she, she kind of has a delayed response where she doesn't feel like it's right for the royal family to show up. And then kind of eventually going and it's all all also about the Queen and whether she can show emotion and what's etiquette and royal protocol and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, she's kind of, um, she kind of feels she has to because Lord Snowden visits, Prince Philip visits and everyone's telling her you don't know until you go really. Yeah. And she goes and there's that really kind of poignant moment where she's expected to cry and you see her because she, she's not really about that. She's yeah. a little bit more stoic than that yeah. but... I mean, you know, you've said it already. It's mm. brutal. It's really, really horrible to watch. Yeah, but I think it is
0: also an important one. It's an important turning point for the Queen. I think so, and I think it's. I think the producers of The Crown should be commended for covering Aberfan. I think it's such an important thing that we can't kind of forget, and we should remember. And I think they've done they've done it justice. I would say, and I mean, also the relationship the Queen's relationship with this event is very interesting because a title card at the end says this was the one thing that was like her biggest regret. I mean, we don't know if that's true or not, but she visited four times in total more than any other member of Mm. the royal family. So that speaks volumes, Mm. I think. Definitely. And um, there there is also other
1: tragedy with the death of the Duke of Windsor.
0: Yes. So he's kind of been painted as the villain, hasn't he? Throughout kind of the crown. Yeah, for sure. Especially in season
2: one as well. Yes. The whole drama with him coming back when his brother died, he wasn't kind of greeted
0: with warm arms, you know. I mean, like he he is hated by them Mm. pretty much because it's like, you're the reason why I'm on the throne and this and that kind of thing. And then finally we see kind of his last days and how he's kind of perishing a bit like his brother, actually. Mm. I noticed there were definitely parallels there. Mm. So that was really interesting. And obviously you've got Sir Derek Jacoby playing him this time and just living in exile in Paris. Um, So there are some interesting moments like, so he passed away in 1972, and then there's a moment with him and the queen where they have a chat and then it's almost like a moment of kind of forgiveness for what's happened. And That was really interesting, I thought. And then really weirdly, as I was saying about these parallels, you've got Prince Charles and the Duke of Windsor and suddenly there's this kind of mirroring of like, Charles could be the new Duke of Windsor. Mm -hmm the one to like upset the apple cart so there's there's a lot going on there there's a lot peter morgan is setting up for season four i think and you see that in his in prince charles's investiture (laughs) yes you do (laughs) yes you do because he breaks pro well he doesn't break protocol but he says things in welsh thinking that his mother won't find out what he said and she gets she she takes him to task over it but he does kind of fight back She's always going to find out. Like she knows everything. Yeah, she knows everything. Yeah, and he kind
1: of, he goes off script a bit and kind of spurs a little bit of Welsh nationalism. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) And she's like, what are you doing, What are you doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really interesting Mm. to see Charles growing up because you you really don't see much of the kids in season one and two. No, no, not at all. I think that's
2: something I really noticed is that the first two seasons explore a lot the kind of the queen with her sister, the queen with her... Husband, but not with her kids, and then you see that more in season three, which is really good. And then season four definitely will show that because you see a lot of Anne as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Oh, she's so sassy. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Really, really love her. I guess the other stuff that kind of comes up, which I had no idea about, was Lord Mountbatten's apparent coup to take down the the elected, democratically elected.
1: Did not know about this. Yeah,
0: just going to take down the Wilson government. Why not? (laughs) As you do.
1: Yeah, really, really interesting scenes, and again, it brings out some um, inc- really, really tense moments between the Queen and Lord Mountbatten.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I'm just flabbergasted. I need to know more about the history of it, but apparently, with along with like Cecil King, who was this industrialist, and a load of others, they were going to go going to launch their own kind of government with Lord Mountbatten at the head, which would have been crazy. But luckily, the Queen, the Queen came in. Saved the day, yeah, sorted
1: t- it out. <laughs> oh. And um, this season is not without controversy. There yes. has been huge rumblings already um, through the media about the Queen's
0: supposed affair. Mm. So basically, there are kind of insinuations in the show that there was something going on between her and her racing manager, Lord Porchester, also no- known as Porche, um, because they were visiting the stables together abroad and... Philip wasn't that happy. I mean, you never see anything. It's all very much, it's very much subtext, isn't it? You have to read into it kind of thing. So, I mean, people have kind of spoken out about it and are angry about it with, um, like, there's no evidence at all. I mean, there is no evidence to support these kind of rumours and things. And even um, the Queen's former press secretary, Dickie Arbiter, came out and was just like, it's very distasteful and totally unfounded. So... That's going to definitely get people talking and probably Googling. But we just don't know here, like, what's real and what's not, to be honest.
1: Yeah, no. And, you know, they've kind of said that it's research-based, but then there's no research for this. Exactly. There is, like, a very fine line, I guess, you're not supposed to take this as fact, I don't exactly, think. Exactly, yeah, um, yeah. It's not an accurate history. Obviously, it is a drama. Like yeah. you have to. that's really important some to drama remember it, it. that it is
2: a drama and yeah. things will be dramatised like, to make for more interesting watching. Exactly, like, yeah. We don't know 100% what is real and what isn't, but then it makes a good drama. So. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's what
1: you need. Somehow. And it's got people talking. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly.
0: Definitely. Exactly. I guess the other big thing that we should probably talk about is Charles and Camilla she's here yeah she's here <laughs> emerald fennel is brilliant she she she's does look double of camilla yes she <laughs> is anyway. yes she is and yeah i really like her i want to see more of her mm. also very sympathetic towards charles mm. yeah which you wouldn't expect would you yeah i feel like he kind of unfortunately he's kind of been portrayed as a bit of a maverick i think in the media mm. and things like that but actually you kind of see see him as like a youngster and what he's trying to achieve and stuff. And you do actually sympathize with him a lot.
1: Yeah. It would be easy to portray him as the maverick, I guess. But, you know, Peter Morgan's obviously gone for the different kind of route and said, yeah. you basically kind of see that um, the royal family together, it's not just the queen. They split Charles and Camilla up. They deem her not acceptable. Mm. Um And there's a, a big kind of
0: love quadrangle. Yeah. So the quadrangle is Princess Anne, Andrew Parker Bowles, Camilla Shand at the time and Prince Charles. Yeah. And they
1: all kind of team together and they're like, this cannot happen. Yeah. And Anne's really chill about it. She's like, you're fine. Yeah. like You're fine. And then they set up the marriage of Camilla and and,
0: um, Andrew. Andrew. And it's all very, um, again, we don't know what's fact, what's fiction. It's all kind of, there's been a bit of controversy about this as well, but we just don't know what's real or not. But in the show, Lord Mountbatten and the Queen Mother kind of plot to to tear these young lovers apart. Yeah, because the Queen is like, well, it's
1: fine. Like he's, you know, he's found someone. What's wrong with it? And then they're like, you don't know the full story. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everything.
0: Yeah. And that's basically how that goes down. So, I mean, like, what did you guys think about the cast for this new series? I love the
2: cast. I think, I mean... The f- I love the cast for season one and two, and like I think they've done so well because it's obviously rare for a show to change its cast midway through. So like, there's obviously a lot of effort that's been put into casting the right people. And like, I love Olivia Coleman so Mm -hmm. much. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, I was really (laughs) nervous because I thought, how can they kind of top Claire Foy, Matt Mm. Smith, al You know, you just kind of think it's not going to be possible. And then Olivia Coleman, like, obviously we've talked about this, Neela. She (laughs) nails the voice. Like, She's she's got it down. So good like yeah oh my god (laughs) and you know she's constantly she she has that kind of face that she can show how stoic she is but you can still see the tears and the emotion yeah and i think that's a really really important kind of feature especially when you know the queen is faced with abafan and various other tragedies
0: that you know she she does have that ability to stay strong and stand tall she did find it hard though I, i read in a recent interview that that was the hardest thing to do for her to kind of like not show the emotion, like how the queen isn't allowed to. And as just a woman for her, as an actress, it was super hard doing those scenes. Yeah, because you
1: don't want to seem like a robot and you can see, you can see the emotion there. And obviously they do play on it, you know, behind closed doors. She is, you know, a little bit more emotional, Mm. but it's really interesting to see the way that Olivia kind of acts. You can see
0: that there's a definite growing up from Claire Foy's queen. Mm, sure. I think so, and I mean like, but the only thing, the only thing I kind of had was that because Olivia Coleman is so lovable and so smiley and stuff, so sometimes when she smiles, I'm just like, it kind of feels like, it almost like breaks a little bit. I feel you can kind of see her kind of seeping out through the cracks mm. of like trying to be the queen. I
1: started the series thinking ooh, like, are they gonna go down a kind of comical mm, queen yeah. road? Because obviously Olivia Colman is a fantastic comedy actress. Yeah. But then, you know, it started and then, you know, you they hit Aberfan quite soon on. Yeah, yeah. And then you realise, oh, like, actually, it's fine. It's in yeah. safe save
2: hands. She has done a lot of drama as well though. Mm. Um, like broad church, which is uh, incredibly emotional as well. And I think she's just very versatile. Like mm. I obviously watched her first in like Peep show and stuff, where she's yeah. hilarious, but I think
0: she nails the Queen really well. And mm. what about Philip? I felt I like Tobias Menzies. I've seen him in Outlander and Game of Thrones. I kind of felt the script didn't serve him as well. He didn't have anything mm. really meaty. He had his midlife crisis, but I felt that was too wishy-washy and he needed something a lot stronger. And I feel that the performance that he gave was really good, but I was waiting for a bit more. I don't know what you guys thought.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think he's, he's great, but I think I'd agree with you in the mm. sense that he probably could have been more deserving of, something a bit more solid and...
1: I found him quite, like, you know, like a a good safe pair of hands. Yeah. You know, he nailed the accent. He looked like Prince Philip. He'd had the the gestures down. As I say, that is really it. Yeah. Because, yeah, perhaps the script didn't serve him well on this occasion. Mm. Maybe it will in season four. I hope so. I'm not sure about the the history of Philip, to be honest, (laughs) what's going to come up in the following years. But it would be nice to see more from him, from Tobias, because I think he really does seem like he's got it down. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, he does have some really lovely scenes with kind of his mother, Princess Alice. But mm. Again, I think she almost kind of, she's such a fascinating character that you want to know more about her.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd agree. He he was always there in the background to make it believable is what I found. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I wish he had that that episode that everyone else seemed to have.
2: Yeah, and it, like something where he could come out more on his own and be like, "This is this is my story kind of thing rather mm. than being a bit, To the side a bit, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, there was only one person who could really take over from Vanessa Kirby, yeah, as Princess (laughs) (laughs) Margaret. Helena Bonham Carter.
0: She is brilliant. I love her. She's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we don't even need to discuss it. She's just brilliant. Yeah. Well, she did. It's weird because obviously she played the Queen Mother, which is Princess Margaret's mum, in the King's Speech. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like it's kind of like oh, she's now going to play like. Margaret, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but no, she is great. She gives that kind of that kind of fun, mm. fun-loving free spirit that the Queen can't be, but also that
1: kind of explosive
0: emotion, yeah, yeah. that we
1: see later on, and a bit reckless. And yeah, bit she really unpredictable. nails it. Yeah, she really does. Because yeah, she's unpredictable mm. when she's happy, and she's unpredictable when she's sad, and it's a kind of important kind of mix to show, I think, yeah. with Margaret.
0: And th- and that is like that contrast between the early kind of her having fun with lbj and then to her i won't say too much but towards the end like how that kind of transformative effect that she goes from such a high to such a low that is impressive on her part and um and the kids as well yes i was going to say yeah the younger cast members are great i really like
1: josh o'connor i mean they're not really kids now grown people yeah, Josh yeah. O'Connor connor's charles he really really nails it it's it's interesting to see uh, as we've said you know previously like a, a completely
0: different side mm. to to the character mm. yeah no i i really like it and i think they're going to kind of take the lead more it's it's weird it is going to be them kind of taking over a bit more i think we can yeah. see less of the queen and less of Philip, i think
2: so i think you're right i think obviously like there's pictures of filming we season four's filming at the moment like there's a lot of josh o'connor and um i can't remember who's playing princess Diana. it's emma corin yeah. yeah but there's a lot of pictures of them so i think there's definitely going to be a lot more focus on the children as they get older and yeah they've got more responsibility and-
1: which kind of does yeah. echo real life does, you know, you yeah. see the queen is kind of passing she steps back a bit on some yeah. responsibilities to, to charles and the rest but um yeah no i thought it was really really interesting to see yeah. such a such a young but kind of a young actor with old eyes like we always use that to kind of describe Doctor Who and stuff
0: but yeah no and Anne as well really liked Anne quick word for her and I guess yes she's just brilliant she's just so kind of she doesn't take anything from anyone she'll just say what she's on her mind because she knows that she's not going to be she's not going to become the kind of ruler of yeah she's not going to be queen
2: she can have a bit of bit more fun with it relax a bit I guess like yeah she's not got so much pressure on her like maybe charles does or yeah, yeah.
0: which is why they're horrified when they find out she's been kind of playing away with Andy yeah. parker Ball. <laughs> and um
1: so just final thoughts i guess we loved it didn't we yeah, yeah. <laughs> we properly loved it
0: yeah so if you haven't seen it when it comes out watch it yeah <laughs> watch it then. and watch it again
1: So that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for our chat about The Crown Season 3. Thanks, Neela, and thanks, Charlotte. Thank you. And if you liked what you heard from us, please make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at NetflixPod and get involved with the debate. And don't go too far, as tomorrow we're going to have another Crown special for you, which is all about the fashion of the gorgeous Netflix series. We'll see you then.